everyone. Welcome to Coffee with a Missionary, a podcast that takes you one step closer to the missionary life through conversations with actual missionaries serving in countries all over Latin America and the Caribbean. We are Noah and Mel Lane, coming to you from the heart of Oaxaca, Mexico, where our family serves as missionaries with Assemblies of God World Missions. We're super excited to share with you Season 1, which features throwbacks to some engaging conversation from our live stream days. If this is your first time or fifth time listening, thank you for taking the time to listen. We pray it will be a blessing to your life. We really strive to make the conversations engaging and enjoyable by covering a range of different topics, from sharing about everyday life while living overseas, to ministry opportunities, and everything in between. So in today's episode, we're revisiting an interview with the remarkable missionary Matt Richardson serving in Sakua, Ecuador. It's going to be an amazing conversation. We're so thankful to have you here with us. Also, stay tuned until the end as we share with you some exciting news about Season 2. So without further ado, let's settle in for this episode of Coffee with a Missionary. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to Coffee with a Missionary. My name is Noah Lane, and I have the privilege today of talking with Matt Richardson. He's a missionary in Ecuador to the tribal people groups there. And um, Matt, we're excited to have you with us today. Thank you. It's a real honor. I can't see anybody. I'm defending, but it's great. (laughs) (laughs) Wonderful. So we're going to hop right in, and then as people jump on, uh, we'll just invite them to comment. Uh, so if you're watching and just joining us, uh, we'd love for you to comment. We'd love for you to, to ask questions, and we hope to interact with those a little bit too. Um, but first of all, um, Matt, I, I know when, when missionaries, when we're asked, what's a typical day like, our first response is there's no such thing as a typical day. That's absolutely right. <laughs> <laughs> so so I'll, I'll say it like this. What do you find yourself doing most days? Um, yeah, that is exactly the response is, man, there really is none. But that's exactly what I love about this. Uh, you never know what to expect. It is not an eight to five, you know, every, you know, five days a week kind of job. Um, it's a, every day is really is an adventure. Um, you know, I, uh, for instance, uh, last night I get a call from um, a young young lady that graduated from our, our Hope House. That's our um, home, kind of a rescue home that we have here for uh, young shore girls from the jungle and she was a graduate um, has a baby and was in a, a crisis situation last night so I dropped everything ran there and um, we put her up for the night here in our home and uh, so she was with us today had her little uh, two-year-old with me today three-year-old so he went with me uh, on my rounds taking care of um, this morning I had to meet with uh, some of our workers at about seven o'clock this morning to load up a truck with cement and shovels and wheelbarrows sent them off to a church to um, finish out a, a cement floor in a church that we built last week. Uh, and then went to a, uh, another meeting right from there uh, to meet with an architect. So I kind of had to get a little civilized, you know, and put on a nice shirt and go and meet <laughs> with an architect because uh, we're getting ready to build a, a new sanctuary for the mother church. Uh, wow. And then uh, this afternoon, uh, my wife was here um, giving lessons to some young girls uh, on the keyboard. And uh, so we had a house full of kids coming and going. Uh, it's it's a wild time every day. Um, I love it. I love it. You know, how do you prepare yourself for days in which you could be doing construction, you could be 
doing an intervention. You could have be taking care of a, a child, someone else's child all day. How, how did you, you know, prepare yourself going into this type of, of ministry? Well, the preparation from day to day has to be on your knees and just asking God for, for help. Um, it's got to be Holy Spirit uh, driven or, or there's no way to make it through it very long. Um, so that's a given every day. Um, you got to come prayed up, ready, filled up, ready to take on the day. Because, uh, yeah, m- most of the days I'm feeling like it's way over my head. Um, the situation. i got to deal with something in about an hour that I literally have no idea which way to go with it. I'm just asking the Holy Spirit, please help me. Help me with my Spanish abilities that I will be able to hear clearly. Uh, that's vital. And that I'll be able to speak clearly. Um, there's legal issues, things that I don't even know about this country's laws that I'm going to be thrust in the middle of in, within an hour. <laughs> so, wow. With preparations like that, that you, you, the only thing I can say you can't prepare for other than, other than on your knees. Uh, as far as preparing for just this kind of, of lifestyle, a lot of it for me was, was just uh, built in. I grew up on a farm in upstate New York, uh, way up on the Canadian border. Um, one of nine kids, um, farm family. I grew up out in the woods, out in the fields, and uh, making stuff out of nothing out the, in the barns and blowing up stuff and you know all that crazy stuff, hunting. And, and uh, to be honest with you, that really was probably some of the greatest preparation that I've had. Um, mm. Now that was so many years ago. Um, yeah. You never really know exactly. You just got to trust uh, your every step um, that the Lord's guiding you and leading you. And I, there's many times I had to put my own desires on the shelf and really tune in to what he had for me. And mm. uh, that also led me to 20, about 22 years serving in the local church in the States. So that obviously was a lot of built-in preparation with counseling, working with youth, you know, working with seniors, um, you know, missions trips, and just the interaction of, of a church and how, how things work. So you just got to yeah. trust the Lord and, and go with it. And that's what I did, and, and here I am at 51 years old. It's coming together. That's amazing. Yeah, maybe, maybe you'll you'll figure out what you want to do when you grow up one, one day, right? I'm here, man. I'm staying right <laughs> Erin Chambers, thank you for your comment. She says, bless you and your ministry. Um, and for those, all those who are living, are listening, <laughs> living, we look forward to your comments. Um, you can just leave a comment there or a question. We'd love to address that. Um, so Matt's been talking a little bit about what a typical day is. And of course, there's no such thing as a typical day on the mission field. Um, but also talking a little bit about the preparation uh, that God kind of caught him, brought him through. And, and what stuck out to me there was that a, l- a lot of the preparation that you were talking about was, was, were things that you didn't say, okay, I'm going to get, I'm going to take two years and learn what it's like to do this. It was stuff that God had been doing in your life and weaving it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, me, talk about that. Yeah. Let me go off on that for just a second. Now, there are some things that you can specifically prepare for, and this is one I'll hit you with right now. If any of you listening are under, say, like 40 years old, and you have any desire or any inkling in the future to do anything with your life, please learn a language now. Don't wait till you're in your 40s and 50s like I did. Learn it now. That's one way you can prepare for anything. You know, you may not know exactly where or what God's wanting to do with you, but uh, language acquisition is is huge. Um that's anywhere in your horizon, do it. Do it now. Do it as soon as you can. Um, also, anything you can bring to the table as a missionary, if this is in your future somewhere or really in any job, 
Just prepare yourself. You can do things specifically to prepare yourself. Uh, there are classes you can take online. Um, there's things like, you know, like I said, language learning, even musical instruments, things like that. Um, learning how to work on a diesel engine, <laughs> cutting, cutting hair, anything. Um, I just say, you know, don't be lazy. Get up, get ready, prepare yourself because God wants to use you for something. It may not be coming to the jungles like it was for our family, um, but God's, some, God's got a purpose for you. Amen. Amen. So since you mentioned language a little bit, uh, Ecuador, we think of Spanish um, and, you know, learning that. But you're working among, maybe I'm pronouncing this wrong, the Shuar people. It's pretty close. <laughs> okay. And, yeah. and what's the process of language learning? Do they, they speak their own language? What, is, what does that look like? Yeah, that's, that was a big deal. Um, I came down here in 2008 um, just brought down a construction team to work on the girls' home that I mentioned, that the rescue home that we have for, for the young girls here. And I just came down with the team, led, it, led the team from our church. And uh, during that week, um, I'd been wanting to go full-time missions for forever since I was you know, a little kid, but uh, it just was never God's timing. And that week, um, our missionary here that we work with, Joel and Leah Marbet, uh, Joel just flat out asked me, he said, you know, I, I really think you're supposed to come down. Would you consider there's 600 Shuar villages that have never heard the gospel. Will you help me? When I heard that number 600, it just um, made a, it was like a divine connection, you know, in my spirit, in my, in my head and memories from when I was called to missions as a little boy. And I knew I, I was supposed to be a part of that, but had no idea how, how do you reach another language? I didn't even speak Spanish. That's kind of the general language, the working language here, but the Shuar have their own native language. Uh, the older Shuar do not, speak Spanish, um, the further you get away from the pavement in the towns, the further deeper in the jungle, the less Spanish spoken there is. So you, you've got to communicate with them in the native language to, for them to really understand the, the love of, of Christ. So how am I going to do that? Uh, how am I going to learn two languages as an old guy? Um, well, I'm going off on a little, little bit of trail, but I'll, it'll make sense to you. Um, I had no idea how to start that process. Um, how, do we, how do I help reach 604 villages? These are most of these villages aren't on maps. There's no roads to them. Uh, I'm the wrong color to go running up in there. Uh, don't speak the language. Um, you know, it was, didn't seem like I could bring a whole lot to the to the table. Uh, but all all you got to do is take that first step. Um, that's all we did. We wrote filled out our application. Uh, we're missionaries through the sons of God, uh, so we filled out that application, sent it in, and um, had no idea, you know, really what it was going to look like. And in the process of preparing. In Albuquerque, New Mexico, in the middle of the desert, I meet this guy, just a random, was not random, was not coincidental, it was a God-divine moment. I meet a guy who works for a place called Faith Comes by Hearing, and that week that I was there, I stepped into their office, he invited me down, uh, I was intrigued, because he heard that language, Schwar, and I was like, how in the world would anybody in Albuquerque, New Mexico, know about this oral language, you know, that's spoken deep in the jungle from the head shrinkers of the jungle? Yeah. And sure enough, in Albuquerque, Faith Comes by Hearing is working on a recording. Um, what they have is a little black box, and it's got a solar panel that pops up and a crank for power, too. And wow. they are recording the New Testament. Um, in their, their goal is to record it in all 6,000 languages spoken around the world. And wow. That day, I just happened to meet these guys. Uh, they were working, just happened to be working on 
Sure, S-H-U-A-R was written on the wall in Albuquerque when I walked in. It was just a divine wow. connection. And that just showed me that if we take the first step in obedience, God will always, always come through. Um, he provided this tool for us. I still don't speak Schwar. I barely speak Spanish. Working on it. Uh, I know enough in Schwar just to make greeting in that. I certainly can't mm. preach in it. But now I have a little box that the, re- the way I usually start when I go into a village um, is I'll let them listen to a scripture first in their native language. That way they get it and they know where I'm going. And then I can yeah. come in Spanish and, and lead them the rest of the way. Uh, wow. So all that to say, take that first step. Don't be don't be shy. Don't be scared. But a little scared. This is not so bad. But um, <laughs> don't let that drive you. Um, yeah. God always comes through. He always provides. Uh, we just have to take that first step. Wow. Awesome. Awesome. Well, um, Elizabeth Jane Hardensfeld asks, what can we pray for you tonight? Um, and be- before you answer that, um, Steve Edwards al- also just says, love those kind of stories, total God moments. <laughs> um, so praise the Lord. But what can you mentioned um, that just a little bit after this call that you have a big meeting? I'm sure we can um, pray with you about Man, that. I appreciate that. Um, it just really has to be divine wisdom. It's a situation that um, is a heartbreaker. It's a young family that's on the verge of, of exploding apart. Um, some of it has to do with the, the culture here in the, uh, the shore culture. Um, you know, there's a lot of uh, uh, years and years and years of tradition. Um, one being that I'm dealing with tonight is uh, um, multiple wives. Uh, it's very much a normal thing for a man to have two, three, four wives. Um, traditionally, uh, one man, if he felt his neighbor was getting too strong, or uh, he'd go kill his neighbor, take all of his wives and all of his things, and so it became a blood for blood um, wow. kind of living out of fear. And uh, they're not doing that so much more any, any, anymore, but the, um, there still is the multiple wives, and um, the ladies, the, especially young girls, are pretty much considered a property. Um, that's why we have the, the Ecuador Hope House here. Right now we have 42 young shore girls living there. Each one has a, a crazy story to tell. Um, uh, it's, they're mostly heartbreaking stories, things of, you know, just horrible, um, abuses yeah. in, in, within the, within the tribe and, um, within the community. Uh, a lot of, um, there's, there's still a lot of death in the, in the tribes, in the, in the, Villages um, due to disease, snake bites, river drownings. Um, we, there's a lot of kids growing up with one parent, no parent, um, hanging on with a grandparent. And uh, when that happens, they're subject to all kinds of, um, of insidious uh, activity. And so that's yeah. something we're dealing with tonight, um, a little bit of all that. And um, yeah, I, I, man, any. <laughs> Whereas for just, it's got to be supernatural wisdom. It's nothing that I'm bringing to the table that I can really do. I'm just, I just want, I'm just praying, Lord, use my mouth uh, to speak your word and your truth. Um, and just Amen. pray. Well, I, I know that I'm going to commit to praying. I'm, I'm sure everyone listening is going to commit to praying. And, um, you know, James, you know, the verse just says that anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask and the Lord's going to give it to him. But, but don't doubt, because if you, you doubt it, then uh, you can be sure you're not going to get it. So I know I've found such confidence in that, just knowing, hey, the moment that I ask, he's given me that wisdom. So we're going to pray that for you. Um, and everything you mentioned goes right into our last uh, question that we'll kind of end with here. 
which, which is kind of asking how can an American, those people watching, a Canadian, anyone listening, how can they get more involved in tribal ministry and, and what ministry opportunities exist? If you could narrow it down, I, you know, I, if you could narrow it down. Um, well, I can tell you first through the, through the Sons of God, LAC or Latin American um, Caribbean District, uh, we have a pipeline. We have people on the other side in the, in the States who can help um, guide you, guide anybody um, in that process. Um, that's one way. Um, contacting LAC office through in uh, Springfield, Missouri, and uh, asking for the pipeline. Uh, there's some great people there that that know um, better hand, you know, firsthand where those needs are. There's so much more to do. I mean, there's great things happening around the world. God's moving, but there's so much more that needs to be done. So, um, everybody that's uh, got a heart, <laughs> ask the Lord specifically. First of all, what can you do? It may it may be to just get on your knees and pray every day. What can that do? <laughs> it, can, it can change everything, change eternity. Uh, so that's something everybody can do on the side of your bed every morning, every night. Um, I encourage you to, to do that. Um, and then ask specifically, too, Lord, what is it that I can do? Um, it may be that you start to support something financially, um, you know, a, a need somewhere around the world. Uh, that's definitely a, a possibility. Put you more in touch, give you a little more hands-on action. Um, you can go. Uh, we have teams here. In fact, the last six weeks we've had four teams, um, and we've done. We've built actually built two churches, constructed two churches. Uh, we've done uh, two medical outreaches. Uh, we threw a uh, princess party night for the girls at that at the Ecuador Hope House. Um, had a team of ladies come down from Kentucky who cut their hair, um, painted their nails, and just uh, brought prom dresses from the states for them to, to wear. That was a huge part of of reaching out to in this country and into this um, culture, the shore culture, and just sharing God's love is through something simple as that. Uh, so it, it's unlimited, but you got to start with prayer. And, uh, and of course you can always contact us. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Matt, for taking the time. Uh, everyone who watched uh, here, joined us live was blessed. And those who will watch afterwards, which will be many are going to be blessed as well. So thank you for tang- taking the time. Um, God bless you. And I guess as we end, um, I'd like to just pray for your meeting tonight and your ministry. If you're watching live, just join us. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight for Matt and Ashley, Lord, the Richardsons. Thank you, Lord, that you have put him, um, put them exactly where they are among the Shuar people, Lord God. And thank you that the light that they're being, God. And we just pray for this meeting tonight. So many ramifications, um, maybe so many that he's not even aware of, God. But, Lord, we trust you to give Matt wisdom in, uh, in hearing, Lord, supernaturally hearing and understanding what's being said, and also to speak the words of God in this situation, speaking your kingdom come, not just natural realities, but supernatural realities, God. And we as a body, Lord, are praying over him, supporting him in prayer. And we know, God, that you are surrounding him. He has an army uh, of uh, witnesses in heaven and on earth praying uh, and with him. And your Holy Spirit is going to guide him, God. Glorify your name among the Shuah. We bless you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. And blessings from my from my All wife. Right. Well, she's actually leading worship right now at the, the church, which I got to get to. So been a privilege. Thank you so much. Thanks, Noah. Thank right. God bless you, man. Bye-bye.
you so much for joining us. Season two will be coming later this year and it will be full of fresh interviews from missionaries all over Latin America and the Caribbean and we can't wait. We hope you love this conversation as much as we did and we're really excited to bring you more of the one-of-a-kind testimonies and perspectives that you can only get over coffee with a missionary.